So open up your morning light and say a little prayer for I. You know that if we are to stay alive and see the Welcome to the podcast. How's it going? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Jackie? <laughs> I'm okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Still living the, the life. The fun employment life. Unemployed life. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's that. Yeah. So. Um, these will never so. be awkward, these intros. <laughs> Sorry we, about that. We prepare, like, you know, we write, like, a whole script and everything for these intros, so that's yeah. why it's always so I similar. literally wrote all of this yeah. this afternoon at, like, 2 o'clock. <laughs> oh, your notes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was joking about, uh, about oh, the yeah. intros. Oh, yeah, scripts that we write yeah. for the I did intros. this today, too. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I also took some notes the other day while I was watching The O.C. about things that I noticed that I wanted to tell you about because they were really funny. So I want to start with that. Okay. So my very first uh, reaction to starting wa- to watch The O.C. was, who is that puka, puka shell necklace wearing fuck and why does he drive such a big truck? I, I was always under the impression that everyone from California drove convertibles or, or jeeps. jeeps yeah um i think that that was just from what i learned from 90210 and Definitely. clueless but <laughs> this guy luke who ends up being like this ridiculous character but when you first start watching it he's just this like douchey water polo playing guy who wears a puka shell necklace and drives this like huge jeep that's or not jeep truck like big pickup truck yeah. That's like raised and has that's like big so wheels. Lame. I saw one it's like that. It's so not day. California. Well, you know, I was just gonna say. I was just thinking as you were saying that. Mm-hmm. That is Orange County. Yeah. I mean, the I don't know convertible about oh. convertible Jeeps is from LA. True. So like the Orange Beverly County's Hills a little and... more like Orange County's like uh, Laguna Beach. Yeah, but they drive trucks. I don't know. I think maybe like it's a little more suburban. So maybe. Some of the urban influence reaches them. I mean, like, I mean, like the, so, like... The rural influence reaches them. So. But, like, some of the characters drive, like, Range Rovers and stuff. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, big cars like that. Range Rovers, Land Rovers, whatever. Like, or, like, even kind of SUV, a, Mercedes, or, you know, but, like, a truck. I guess you get kind of a combination. Like, in New Jersey... In New Jersey, People yeah, but, trucks. but not you in California. But you wouldn't think they would either. But we have, like, there's, like, farms and, like, people hunt here. And but like I think there are farms maybe close to Orange County. But these people are definitely not farmers. <laughs> this guy plays water yeah. polo, Natalie. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> maybe his dad was, like, grew up on a farm His dad sells cars. His grandpa. His dad sells convertible <laughs> Mustangs and he to be specific. Oh, that's, that's, that's just it, then. He's rebelling against his father. His dad turns out to be gay, too. It's this whole big thing. But anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about the OC today. But other than that, I also had um, the one character whose name is Oliver. He is played by Taylor Hanley, who is the kid that from Jack Frost, who plays the bully, the one who says, Snow Dad's better than oh No Dad. Oh, my God. You know I'm watching him like, he looks so familiar, that little weird nose. I know that guy. <laughs> and I looked it up, and that's who he is. Everyone's in everything. And then also, Detective Marco Fury is in it. No. Yeah. Really? And he, like, dates one of the characters. He's the, he's the, um, the, the like, uh, guy who does the landscaping. I forget what they call him. He's, like, the lawn guy. Guy, and they're like, oh, you can't date the long guy. And then um, Olivia Wilde. He's, he's ethnic looking. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then and then he is, and then Olivia Wilde comes and she's in it. And she is supposed to be 17, but looks the same age as she is now. And it's just ridiculous. And she's also like probably the most beautiful girl in the world. And the one character, Seth, who's played by Adam Brody, sets her up on a double date with his friend Ryan, who's, like, the lead character, who's not that cute. Mm-hmm. And he, like, isn't into her and, like, doesn't, like, act like he doesn't realize how much better looking she is than every other girl <laughs> in the show. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, the way he acts towards her is, like, like, do you not see her? <laughs> like, it's it's absurd that she would she even consider dating you. Is she not supposed to be that pretty or it's just the way well, he acts Well, she's, like... It. 
he like clearly likes the other girl. I think yeah. that's what it is. And she's like bad girl. Like she like has a tattoo. Like mm. that's like a clearly <laughs> fake tattoo of a butterfly on her arm. And she has like, like a, a big butterfly. Like in her yeah, arm. like <laughs> a big butterfly. And she has like a pur- purple streak in her hair. And yeah. she basically is like Peyton and like works at this music venue. So she's and, like weird. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, Seth likes her because Seth is, like, into that. And they're, like, on a date at a Killers concert. And she (laughs) says to him, like, do you like live music? And he's like, no. What? (laughs) Yeah, Ryan sucks. And then she, like, turns to him and she's like, music is my passion. Like, she didn't even know him. It was, like, Seth set her up. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Then also, one more thing about the OC. Um, I forget who he said this to. Someone was singing a song, and Seth turns to them and says, you know who sings this song? And then they answered, and then he said, you should keep it that way, which is something you used to say to me when we were little. I remember specifically you <laughs> saying that to me once when I was singing a song, and when Seth I said that, I started dying. I definitely got that from somebody Probably. else. <laughs> God, you didn't just pull that. So funny. I know. So I'm having a lot of fun watching the OC. I can't wait to watch it. I've been watching Buffy (laughs) very slowly. I think I still have 100 episodes left. Buffy's really good. I also already started writing notes for our Buffy episode. I have a lot already. Good. (laughs) I think we might have a guest on that one. Oh, and also, there was a a quote in one of the last Buffy episodes I watched. I could just tell you this now because it has nothing to do with Buffy. But I think it was, like, Angel came back and, like, found out that Buffy and Spike were, like, dating or something. But, like, they never really dated. But um, And he's, like, freaking out. And she says, are you going to come back every time I have a boyfriend and go all Dawson on me? (laughs) That's so true. It was so funny. I was laughing so hard. I was like, he is being Dawson. It is a Dawson thing to do. Right? This is such a As good TV crossover. As we all know from our, from our Dawson's Exactly. That's why I figured it was okay to talk about yeah, before we talk fine. about Buffy. But yeah, that's all I have for uh, non-episode related um, things. The only thing I have is not TV related, but um, podcast related. Did you listen to the My Favorite Murder this week? That was uh, came out on Monday. I've been listening to this new podcast about Game of Thrones, and I can't stop listening to it. Well, I've so. been listening to so many podcasts. Yeah. But... Um, it's like a crossover episode with... Um, I saw it with Anna Faris. Yeah, yeah. But I've been listening to her podcast. Oh, really? It's really good. It's yeah, like I really like her funny. a lot, so yeah. I'm sure I would like it. I didn't like her, really, when she did Scary Movie, because I, I, I don't know what it was about her that I didn't like. Yeah. But I just thought I she thought was, she was like dumb, dumb and like... But that's her whole... I know, shit. and I didn't get it back then, but yeah. I really like her now, and I really like her podcast. It's yeah. really good, so you should listen to it, Unqualified. I, I, want, I want to start listening to it. They interviewed her on... Um, What's the tea? I think too, mm-hmm. and she talked RuPaul about it. RuPaul was on her podcast. Yeah, and they they talked about that, and they yeah. talked about her podcast and everything. Yeah. So I've wanted to listen to it for a while. I just listen to so many podcasts. I, it like takes yeah. me a while to start a new one. I mean, I, all I do at work is listen to them. Yeah. So I have so many. I'm like at home all the time now, so I'm watching a lot more TV and listening yeah. to a lot. Less See, I'm watching podcasts. a lot less TV and a yeah. lot more podcasts. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's but, all I've got for that. Cool. Um, so, so yeah, today's episode. We're talking about one. Roseanne today. Roseanne from back uh, started October eighteenth, nineteen eighty eight, a few months before I was born, mm-hmm. even to May twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, so pretty good run. Nine, nine seasons. Yep. Uh, we have <laughs> we can go right into the characters because uh-huh. that's what we normally do. Yeah. <laughs> so Roseanne Connor is the. Um, you know, the main character, I guess you'd the say. The matriarch of the family. Named, the show's named after yeah. her, even. Oh, yeah, I have information <laughs> about that, actually. Um, she's played by the one in Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr. What mm-hmm. else? Who else? What else? What other? Who else? Blah, 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 blah. Who, else who else would play <laughs> Roseanne other than Roseanne? <laughs> she was, like, trying to find another person to <laughs> cast in that role, and then but one like, day someone asked her, Roseanne, your name's Roseanne. <laughs> Why don't you just play <laughs> Roseanne? <laughs> makes perfect sense. She's like, oh, yeah, that makes way more sense than... <laughs> Julia Roberts playing Roseanne. <laughs> Imagine if Julia Roberts <laughs> played Roseanne. That would, be so would not work out. And like, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Brad Pitt uh, played Dan. No, that's not what I was trying to. What's the guy's name from? Oh, uh, Richard Gere. Yeah, Richard yeah. Gere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really interesting version of Roseanne. However, Richard Gere did not play Dan Connor. No, do, do you know who did, Jackie? Uh, would you like me to tell you? John Goodman. Yes, you got it. I didn't even have to tell you. You're so smart. How did I know that? I don't know. You're a really smart gal. Guy? Gal. Gal. Anyway. Guy. Guy. 
whatever. <laughs> Next character on my list is the, the Jackie Harris. Aunt Jackie. Aunt Jackie. Played by Lori Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Metcalf? Metcalf. Metcalf. <laughs> like a baby cow, you know? <laughs> a Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He's a calf that likes the Mets. Oh. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it now. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> this is going to be a silly episode. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm going to bring it way down later. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for some reason, the next character on my list is DJ, even though it's just not important. <laughs> DJ is important. DJ Connor is played by Michael Fishman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not, we're not, uh, really, okay, so Roseanne and Dan are a married couple, and then Aunt Jackie is Roseanne's sister. Mm-hmm. We normally do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. DJ, this is going to be a terrible. DJ is Roseanne and Dan's son, so mm-hmm. he's the youngest son of those three children. Mm-hmm. The next, um... The middle child. In ascending order mm-hmm. is Darlene Connor, the yep. middle child, played by Sarah Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's dark. dark and cool mm-hmm. and, and angsty. Love her. Uh, DJ's kind of just like, in the beginning, he's just like a little Well, he's just like a, a kid, kid, and then he's mm-hmm. kind of like a bad kid. Kinda, kinda, yeah, but like not really bad. bad. He's yeah. just like kind of not. Like he's kinda, got like a learning disability I think or he's something. a little slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then, so that's Darlene. And then Becky. And then Becky. Becky Connor's the oldest, who's like really girly and into boys. Uh, who's played a by dumb. Yeah, a little dumb. <laughs> played by Lessie Gorenson in seasons one through five and eight, mm-hmm. and then Sarah Chalk in seasons six through nine. Mm-hmm. So, but not eight. But not eight, I guess. Maybe yeah. some of eight. I think maybe some of eight. Maybe I don't. I honestly don't really remember how that worked out. But yeah, but just changing Becky's. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So they, that's how they roll. Yeah. Anyway, then uh, there are other characters. The Those other, are really the only the important ones. The other two characters I wrote down were David and Mark, who are brothers, yeah. and they dated both. They David dated Darlene. Mark mm-hmm. dated Becky. But then they both lived with them for a while. So I figured. Yeah. Because then there's that's like uh, Roseanne's mom, who's a big yeah, character. Absolutely. Crystal. Crystal. Yeah. And then Tom, uh, Tom Arnold. Right. Was Tom in Arnold it. was yeah. in it. He played Arnie. Yeah. Arnie. I was, was going to just call him Tom, but I right. Know was, yeah. <laughs> Tom Arnold was married to Roseanne in right. real life. So I have. That's one of my yeah. things later. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, He's not the only one of Roseanne's ex-husbands to be, be on, on the, the show. show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that. I'll just say it now. Uh, it's not a secret. All three of Roseanne's ex-husbands were on, on the, the show, show at some point. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was right. probably the m- biggest character of them all. Yeah, well, because he was the most famous, probably. Yeah. I don't know who else her... Uh, uh, I don't... The other two, I don't think were... Famous. I didn't write their names down, so... Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> you can look that up. <laughs> Anyway, so the show is set in Lanford, Illinois, which is a mm-hmm. fictional town. Yep. I guess outside of Chicago. Is I guess so. Is it supposed to be outside of Chicago? Yeah, I, I guess know. so. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, why the show is great. Why mm-hmm. is it great? I wrote down a little section of why um, it's great. For me, it was great because it was, like, the only, still is really the only show ever on TV to depict, like, a working class family that's just, like, regular people, all of which are just, like, average looking yeah none of them are like beautiful or like even have like you know traditionally like attractive features to them they really are just average looking they're very average um their dysfunction is akin to what I was accustomed to growing up I definitely (laughs) wanted to talk about that yeah um not Um, that our mom was anything like Roseanne I'm definitely more like Roseanne yeah (laughs) if you were going to structure the family like Aunt Jackie no I think she was Crystal (laughs) maybe like a combo between I think Aunt Jackie's like Aunt Jackie's better but she has like Aunt Jackie's vibe yeah kind of yeah Yeah, and like, you know, <laughs> but like, when I when I've done this before in my head, I always make her crystal. But yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. What, what I wrote down for that is it's centered around a brash, opinionated woman, and no other shows at the time really did that. Yeah, and it also yeah. portrays a working class family when all of their shows at the time were portraying middle to upper class families, Absolutely. like only like Cosby's and like yeah. all those shows. Exactly. Um, it sh- and it also it sh- like shows both Dan and Roseanne going through like jobs like you know yeah i talk about that at one point in my notes yeah it's like realistic or they like they couldn't keep a job and it was like just showed like it wasn't just like oh this is a lower class family and they 
have this job, menial job, right. and they, it's stable, and then we're not going to talk about that. Exactly. Like, they go through... Right. They go through many different jobs, and they go through the struggles that ensue with having to do whatever you can when you're not skilled to provide for a family. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is never easy. Yeah, exactly. It didn't glamorize the working exactly. class lifestyle. Right. It showed... It showed the, the real issues that, that occur when you yeah. live in a family like that. And, like, with our family, our dad had the same job for the Forever. whole time. But our mom definitely, like... Changed jobs, like, changed jobs, like every all month. The time. Yeah, exactly. Even though she did have, like, a trade. Yeah, but she's a whole other beast. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we definitely related to this mm-hmm. show a lot growing up because... Yeah. We... Our family was like that. Exactly. <laughs> like, a, yeah. in a lot of ways. We identified as white trash, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have that picture on my wall, right? Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah, definitely. And, like, you know, every other show depicts, like, these worlds that are just not worlds that we had any, like, yeah. knowledge of. Which is why I, most of the shows I like, I like. You because look it's an it escape. takes you out. Yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. nice to have, like... To show what our family could have been if maybe we were even a little bit more functional. Oh, yeah. They're more functional. The Connors are way more functional than our family. Also, and then a big thing that I wrote about here is, like, what what holds it together and, like... So, I I quoted this article. I didn't follow the exact thing. I just took themes from it, but it was called 10 Episodes That Show the Heart and Soul Behind... I I read that one, too. I I put some stuff from them, So, yeah. I didn't didn't do any of the actual line items. I just sort of took themes from it, but, like, just the whole, like, the love between Dan and Roseanne. It's huge. I wrote that down, too. Yeah, like, it really, like, softens the whole, like, you know, comedy and, like, harshness and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. all of the insults and the fact that she's, like, so overbearing, but, like, she's... She is, but... She just loves her family so, so much, family. and her and Dan have this, like, really strong connection and love for each yeah. other, and I think that was that was the one thing about their family that was much better than better ours. Than ours. Yeah. yeah. I exactly. read, <laughs> what I was reading was that there are, like, the two pillars that held the show up were yeah. money and family. Yeah. And, like, that's really right. true. Like, their family was so strong, but and they struggled with money. Like, exactly. that was, like, a constant theme was money in the show. Right. Yeah, that wasn't a theme in any other show. Right, exactly. Money is never an issue that you can always just do whatever you want. Unless, like, somebody who was really, really wealthy lost all their money for some reason. Like, that's the only time that you ever hear about money in any of the other shows. And usually it's like that for, like, a second and then everything's fine again. Like, with Brooke in um, In One Tree Hill. Hill, But still, somehow, she was able to, like, afford rent at an apartment. You know, like... exactly. Like, she lost all her money, but she was still fine. It wasn't really a problem. She just couldn't have pretty things anymore episode in this in Roseanne where Becky wanted a a a, a dress for the dance mm-hmm. and but Dan needed new shoes for work right and it was like they had to pick one or the other they yeah. couldn't do both and like exactly. I like that was realistic absolutely you know? yeah, yeah totally like you and as a kid you don't think about it like that like you don't think about oh my god I, we were so bad like I, I know I feel that. guilty a lot about the way we were you with, don't have to feel guilty I know but that. I like I feel guilty about everything so that's just my personality but I you think, think about, you were catholic I know right <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm sorry but I just think about it a lot like how we didn't understand money and the yeah, way we just exactly. asked for things right. like, well and that's why it like made so much sense that they wrote stories lines like that into the yeah. show because uh, like Becky was like a little brat teenager yeah I feel like I was and like she Becky. wanted well and then you live in a suburban area when you live in the suburbs it's such a mixture of class yeah that like this is a huge problem in Westfield in particular because oh, there's yeah. like people who are pretty poor and then people who are like insanely really wealthy rich. in Westfield yeah. which is why there's a shoplifting problem in downtown Westfield yeah. but <laughs> because these kids want what their friend that lives up two blocks away from them has yeah. but their friend that lives two blocks away from them parents make a million dollars a year and their parents make fifty thousand dollars exactly. a year you know i feel like, like it probably wasn't as big of a problem in garwood but it definitely still exists no it, there was definitely still a big um like wage gap in garwood too just Disparity, not yeah. there just wasn't wasn't, there wasn't the as, extreme rich there wasn't yeah. as extreme of rich as there was yeah. in westfield but we're right next to it so yeah. we still most still of our friends, our friends were from, from westfield, westfield yeah. i had friends that were like crazy rich when i was in high school yeah. i would go to their houses and just be like am i still like in the in, same state yeah it was like five <laughs> crazy probably walked there yeah like literally like I did walk there that's crazy yeah (laughs) I know it's nuts but um so it's like that's definitely like a theme that you would expect to see with a family like that which is interesting um what else do you have um I did have something about the ratings of the show because it was a really popular show yeah we could talk about that so um in the first season it came out it Mm -hmm. was uh, the number two for I guess for sitcoms Mm mm-hmm 
on beating out only the Cosby show. But then in the That's second crazy. season, it was at number one. That's awesome. So it was like people really liked it. Yeah, so then I have something about that, too. It, it, because it was so popular, I didn't actually, like, see, like, what the ratings were for it. But it was crazy popular and, like... Um, Roseanne and Laurie Metcalf both won Emmys for their roles, but the oh, really? show never won an Emmy. And John Goodman was nominated like three or four times, like but he, he never won. won. I know, isn't that really sad? Good. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know who won over him. Like, he's I didn't like the most into that, successful but. actor of all yeah, of them. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure he's okay <laughs> with the fact that he never won an Emmy. Yeah, but like, Roseanne. it's just it's interesting that like I think Roseanne won one Emmy and Laurie Metcalf won like three Emmys. Really? Yeah, and the show never won a single one. Wow. I know it's crazy. That's Especially really knowing how popular it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I can go through more of my list if you want. Yeah, go um, ahead. Here. Um, like the list I was just talking about. Yeah. Okay, so, um, oh, also, wait, before I get into that, I, I'm i sure you, I don't know if you read the whole article, but in that article, two writers that were on, actually three writers that were on the show, uh, that wrote on the show at some point, they weren't like main writers. They like were just starting out in their careers, mm-hmm. ended up being really crazy big writers. Really? And they are Joss Whedon. <laughs> no way, really? Amy Sherman Palladino. And Chuck Lorre, who did Two and a Half Men and oh uh, The Big Bang Theory. Oh my god, yeah. that's so funny. I know. Amy Sherman Palladino. Amy Sherman Palladino. I think I knew freaking Joss Whedon. I actually think I knew that. I Amy didn't Sherman know that. Palladino. I was reading something about her. I think I did know that. I didn't know that. And some of some of the best episodes were ones that Joss Whedon wrote, too, which I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah. But that's so cool that's that, awesome. like, three huge writers that made yeah. crazy big shows, two really of which show. I'm, like, pretty obsessed with, yeah. wrote <laughs> on Roseanne. Which makes sense, because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. So yeah, it makes sense that the writing aligns with what I like, you know. For sure, it makes but perfect sense. I was so excited when I saw that because they balance. They really do balance humor and like emotional exactly themes, you know, right? That that are like really deep and like really dive into yeah. issues. They don't just like skate over yeah, them, yeah, you know. Yeah. They really do absolutely, yeah. which definitely Amy Sherman Palladino knows how to do very well. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, but for sure. I was so excited when I saw her. It was funny because I was just kind of scrolling through the article, like to try to get to the list, and I just in at a glance saw Amy Sherman Palladino. I was like, what? <laughs> so I scrolled back up to find it, and then I read it. Your eyes like, are oh, conditioned yeah. to spot out yeah. Amy Sherman Palladino's name and exactly. everything you're reading. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But um, so some other themes, like I talked about the love between Dan and Roseanne, um, some other themes that definitely helped the show together that made it more than just a sitcom um, were, um, let me see, uh, they, they handled the insecurity um, and sometimes demeaning world of being a blue-collar worker. So like we were talking about before, them switching to different yeah. jobs. Um, they showed, first off, Roseanne like staging a walkout. At the That's plastic right, factory. The and then she, from there, she starts working at that fast food chicken place where her boss is a 17-year-old kid right. who, like, doesn't understand that she needs to, like, not work on the weekends because she has children to yeah. take care of and everything. And um, so they go through this whole thing where she's, like, because Roseanne is this, like, spitfire, this person that doesn't let people walk all over yeah. her. But she's, like, but I need this job. It's I need to take care of my family. So she, like, goes through this horrible, like, mental process of de- deciding to kiss his ass and then she still gets fired mm-hmm. and so and th- but then like dan comes and they like totally like, shut that kid down and yeah. you know at the end you're like yeah fuck yeah. him but <laughs> but it was just like i feel like they handled they like the way that they depict that is so important when you're gonna make a show about like real working class people to actually show like what that means yeah. like we said like it's not just that they're like they don't have yeah. a lot of money but everything's just fine but everything's all the time fine and like, stable they yeah. showed like exactly actually, what can yeah, happen yeah. when you that's how you have to take care of your family and there's yeah. so many people in this country that work two three jobs at restaurants like that and that's yeah. how they take care of their kids and then even in the show then when they do like when Rosanna they open that restaurant and like they're mm-hmm. like doing a little bit better. You always there's always like the sense that it could fall apart anymore. Exactly, like it's not. And they're clearly working really hard. They're there every day. It's yeah. not like they're able to hire someone to take care of it exactly. for them. It's yeah, still, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then they also the the themes of the intricate and changing relationships between teen girls and their parents, especially yeah. between father and daughter, which is something oh, yeah, that we yeah. obviously know a lot about. Um, and a really good example that they put in that article is the episode where Darlene. Um, She's, like, laying on the couch every day, and she's, like, depressed, and she's, like, newly transitioned from being a tomboy that played sports and hung out with her dad all the time to being, like, a teenager who yeah. was uninterested in that. So, like, them showing, like, 
the reality of teens struggling with depression and, and becoming new people and then the changing relationship between a dad who used to like take her to soccer practice yeah. or whatever and now he has no idea how to talk to her yeah. or how to help her because <laughs> he doesn't that. know who she is anymore <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah yeah like yeah for us yeah. like we used to go fishing with our yeah. dad like he like coached my soccer team for a while I played like 10 sports when I was little yeah. and then like overnight from like elementary yeah. to you middle just, school I became a, a different are person not interested in that I didn't care about yeah. sports anymore I hated going fishing Mm-hmm. Like, Erica did it for a little longer than we did, but, like, and, like, I, it wasn't that I didn't love my dad anymore, but, like, your just yeah. relationship changes. So, like, the way that they show that is really interesting. Um, obviously, Roseanne deals with the girls differently because she's a woman, too, and she's got her personality. Like, yeah. you need to just get over shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, this love is real life, but Roseanne Dan is a little mom. bit more, like, soft and, you yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. Me, too. <laughs> I wish Roseanne was my mom, too. Because <laughs> she's, like, tough, but I feel like... I could talk to her yeah. about my problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. She's the kind of person that you can go to, and she might, like, slap you in the head and she's be like, stop like being real. an idiot. But, she's like, yeah. you need that sometimes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It would be nice to have that sometimes. Yeah, it would. Yeah. So you don't get lost in your, like, self-doubt uh-huh. and misery. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, they handle mental illness. Um, when Dan finds out that his mom, I think she's schizophrenic. Yeah. And she has to go right. to a mental hospital. Um, and like, it's the whole thing where he like realized that his whole life she struggled with this mental illness. And like, he always thought that his parents had this horrible relationship and now he can see it through this new lens mm-hmm. of his mother's mental illness. And that's like, real. Yeah, yeah, I know. And like, it's really, it's really interesting the way they show it because Dan, like, like I said, like he is the more sensitive one. And then Roseanne and Darlene and Becky, like they kind of handle it by joking around because that's yeah. their that's their way to cope. Like they yeah. use that as their um, defense mechanism. Yeah. So they're all like making jokes about it and everything. And Dan's like actually seriously dealing with this horrible thing. And like it, it's it's a really funny episode too because they're all they're all trying to make DJ think that he has schizophrenia <laughs> too. Poor <laughs> DJ, I feel so I bad. For him. They really bully him because he's a little. He's the youngest and he's a boy. I like. Know. I know. He's the only... I hope we never did that to Erica too much. We definitely bullied, we definitely her, bullied her, Erica. We I bullied each other, though, too. Yeah, I did it to you. Like you just said, I, I used to say to you, who sings that? Keep it exactly. that way. Like, and, I, and then in the last episode, I said that me and Erica call you a leprechaun. Yeah, it's really mean. <laughs> and then you'd make fun of me about the Lori Stokes thing, which I never said. I never. Yes, you did. How could we both remember that, that you said that Lori Stokes was your favorite news? I don't know why I would have had a favorite news. I don't know, but why would me and Erica remember that if that didn't happen? I don't know. I believe you, but I just don't remember it at all. And I remember specifically that you gave me a clue and it was where did I go earlier this year and you were in seventh grade and you went to Stokes and I, I can't possibly remember all of those details if it didn't happen well, I mean you're right but I just don't remember I don't oh I God. really don't no one has any idea what we're talking about right yes, now this is not a good podcast <laughs> I'm just gonna laugh into the microphone for an hour. This is what happens when you have sisters on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> um, talking about a show that reminds us of our childhood. Too, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, of course. Exactly. But um, but yeah, like it's just um, it was really like interesting way for them to introduce mental illness into the show and still keep it a funny episode while not like making light of a serious thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they yeah. do it in a very, a very respectful and a very real way. Yeah. Because, and, like, that was another thing that I identified with was turning something serious and sad into a joke. Like, that's how we coped with our whole childhood, was, yeah. like, joking about everything. Yeah, I don't remember ever talking about anything serious, like, for real. Exactly. And, like, yeah, like, if anything like, were happening that was bad, like, we would just joke about it and laugh about it mm-hmm. and, you know, shrug it off because like, otherwise we would have probably not survived. When all the grandparents died and yeah. stuff, like, we would just... Exactly. I remember being with, like, Jenny... Yeah. We would just, like, joke. We'd right, just, like, we would joke around yeah. about nonsense and just be goofy and silly and, you know, yeah. bully each other to make each other laugh so that we didn't feel yeah. sad. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, like, a really relatable um, storyline for sure, especially with mental illness yeah. being a factor. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. But so many, so many things <laughs> on this show. Yeah. I know, exactly. Yeah. I know. Um, the one theme that, the one theme that we didn't have was the strong female. Right. Matriarch. Exactly. Which, um, Roseanne Barr, um, you know, sh- this was her brainchild, this whole show. Yeah. Like, her strong female feminism, like, feminist views really molded the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, I found an article that quoted a bunch of, um, a bunch of her 
feminist, not just feminist, but like socially aware um, quotes from the show, not just things that she said. Um, so I wrote some of them down because they're like really powerful. Yeah. Um, they actually made me cry a little bit. <laughs> and then I also like I have I have the monologue that's what she says at the very end of the show, and I kind of want to read that. I had that too. <laughs> I have it all to, to read. Too? Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> so read it earlier it. today and I was yeah. bawling, but I, I feel like we should read yeah, it. Yeah, we should. But, um, Okay, so um, here are some of the quotes. Uh, no, no women who yell don't need pills. Men invented pills to shut women up. Um, black people are just like us. They're every bit as good as us, and any people who don't think so is just a bunch of banjo-picking, cousin-dating, barefoot <laughs> embarrassment to respectable white trash oh like God. us. <laughs> So good. I love that. Love that quote. Right. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like Embarrassment to respectable yeah. white trash like us. Like I our love president. Exactly. <laughs> I felt like it was really relevant, was which really is why relevant. I wrote it down. Yeah. Um, in this country, we don't spill blood to shut women up. We do it with diet, fashion, and psychiatry. Yeah. Um, why have I been chosen to deliver the message of female intelligence and its divinity to a deaf world of males? I have asked my God that question, and she answered, Hey, why not you, Roseanne? Indeed, why not each of us? Aww. Yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That was it. I just wrote those down. Um, there was a whole bunch more. It was a really good article. Um, basically, everything she's ever said was great. She said something else, too. I didn't write this one down, but it was good. It was like, don't lose weight. You should gain weight. Take up more space because then you're more of a force to be reckoned with yeah. or something like that. I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's cool. so good. Um, but yeah, like I know that there have been there have been a lot of like controversial things that Roseanne has said and done. And I am not going to talk about any of them today. I'm not going to do any of the behind the scenes drama either. I don't want this episode to be about celebrity gossip. Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff on the Internet. If you're interested in it, look it up. But um, I think that. This show for me has been like a really powerful, good force in my life, and I'm, I don't want to demean it by making fun of it in that way, um, yeah. in that like kind of trashy way of yeah. just like making fun of drama and like yeah, you know. like we can do that with other shows like Nine Hundred Two and right. and stuff like that. But the show is the yeah. show is not that, so yeah. I'm not going to do that to it. I think okay. that's, I think that's disrespectful. That's so, fair. Yeah, um, I, I, I want I don't have any of that stuff. So. I I think a lot of the problems that people had with Roseanne on the show too was just because she was so fucking tough. Yeah, and I respect the hell yeah. out of that. So. And I'm sure people. Did did have a problem with it because it was a, totally a, in some ways ahead of its time i don't Abs know. it was it was really ahead yeah. of its time actually uh, in a lot of in, in my lot, list yeah. of things you might not know there's a few like milestones that they made yeah. over other shows i also feel like what i really like love dan and roseanne's relationship me too i love it like yeah. it's 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 that's why the end is so fucking sad well yeah I know. but then in the reboot but they I, say I'm gonna Dan's talk not about, dead. but i'm gonna talk about the end too <laughs> yeah, i have totally. some stuff about it okay cool um but yeah, I just, like, also the, just, like, going with that whole thing, like, what, what stuff she was saying, like, the portrayal of Roseanne as, like, Dan is sexually attracted to Roseanne. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. she's, you know, I mean, obviously she wrote it, so she's not going to write herself as a gross, like, right. person, but, but like, like, that's not portrayed on TV. Right. Like, a woman that looks like Roseanne is not portrayed as somebody that is sexually desired. Right. Exactly. And, like, we still don't see that today. No, absolutely. That's still not they something still we would write John Goodman dating Nicole dating, Kidman. Yeah, exactly. You know? so many, that's what Even I was though John too. Goodman looks so like many John shows, Goodman. You'll see, like, the King of Queens. Exactly. Or, like, you'll see, like, yeah. a chubby guy. You'll and see, with, like, like, Leah Remini with, with, what's his name? Yeah, from, from Kevin James. <laughs> exactly. Kevin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin James. I don't what's know. his name. Yeah. That's King of Queens. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I just, like, think that, but that's still something, like, like I said, it was ahead of its time. Like, you still don't. That's still not something you see. And she's not. Like heavy, but has a tiny waist, and but is really cute and wears a ton of makeup, and, like, and yeah, eats yeah. pizza in a cute way. You know, like yeah. she's just like she's just a big awesome yeah. woman that is just is who she is. Yeah. She's not trying to be anything. And Dan loves her for totally, that. exactly. And, yeah, yeah. And they have like really nice scenes where he'll like grab her and they'll yeah, kiss and, like, exactly. Just like any other show would have. Yeah, with which that hot people exactly, which yeah. you don't, you just don't see that on TV still don't at all see ever. It. Exactly. You still don't. I know, and they did this, it ended in 97. I know. It ended 20 years ago. No, you have to have, that's because most of the people who write these shows are males. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's exactly. Why. But but not enough males like Joss Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, yeah. I like the way he writes women, but <laughs> yeah, still, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway. that But that's okay. Yeah. It's okay 
on TV knowing that you're looking for ratings to write in hot people, but, like, sure. you still have to write them in a way that's, like, realistic and interesting and not, yeah. like... Yeah, and not just not to just be a hot character. Not just to be a hot character, totally. But, yeah, nobody still writes female lead characters. Right, that so are really is, powerful yeah. and strong and... Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, yeah, but not like Roseanne. Yeah, there's not... There hasn't been another Roseanne. I know. Well, I haven't seen one. I know. Even, like, you know... Even, like, Lorelai Gilmore is not Well, there's the not a lot of working-class, blue-collar, white-trash people who make it to making television shows. Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah, usually doesn't that, happen. You're either born true. into it, yeah. or there's, like, the, you know, handful of rags-to-riches people, but, like... Yeah. And that's usually, like, even a bigger jump. Like, usually a middle-class person stays a middle-class person forever, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it's hard to no, break out of your class. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. That's... I think that's probably why, you know? Yeah. Sense. Roseanne probably actually had these experiences, yeah. you know, yeah, and that's yeah, why sure. she wrote them. Yeah. But, um... You write what you know, so... Yeah, totally. You don't... I mean, like, that's what... One of my things was... I actually didn't write that one down, but she... Well, okay. Well, I'll read it. Um, where is it? Uh, sorry. Um... It was one of the first primetime shows to feature openly gay characters. Um, oh, yeah. Roseanne's... Uh, siblings were both gay. Like, she had a brother and sister, I think. Like, oh, was it a life? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, like, that's that's a huge reason yeah. why she she writes them that way. She basically, so the network protested that she wanted to, to put openly gay characters in the show that were, like, main characters. Um, and she insisted, she, like, wouldn't let them. She was like, no, fuck you guys. She insisted on writing specifically openly gay characters as friends, family members, and neighbors because yeah. she wanted to depict them as real people who yeah. are a part of your community, a part of yeah. your life, and not just, like, something that's, like... Some things that's made fun of. Yeah, yeah, or I mean, that's, like, ambiguous. Like made fun of them in the show, but in, like... I mean, a, in a sitcom way, yeah, sure, sitcom but, like, way. you know, they're making fun of... I feel like most of the time they're making fun of the character, not the fact that the character is gay. Yeah. Um, as, as, especially when in relation to gay women, but, um, yeah. like, her boss, like, <laughs> um... Yeah, played by the, the guy who plays yeah. Mr. Craft on right on Sabrina, Sabrina yeah. <laughs> who is her boss at that at the, uh, diner or whatever yeah. it was. He's gay, and like the they like joke about um, him being gay a lot and everything. But like mostly mm-hmm. because he is their boss and he's an asshole, you know. Yeah. So they like make fun, they like poke yeah. jabs at him, but yeah. he's still like. They still create these characters as, like, full characters who are, like, real people. He's their boss. He's, like, you know, Mm. a huge part of their life. And I don't know. That's true. And and also, it was written, like, this show started in 1988 and ended in 1997. It's a lot. And there was multiple openly gay characters and no other other show had that at the time. Which is, like... We think the Cosby show had any openly gay characters now. Exactly. Or whatever other show. Totally. So, like... I don't know, like, that's really cool. And, like, we were saying, she writes what she knows, so it makes sense because, yeah. like, she grew up knowing that as, like, gay people are your family. And you, you're, still gonna, they're, you're still going to feel the feelings you feel about them. Because they're people. Because they're people. Right. Like, so you're going to so not like they're them. annoying, you're or, still going to yeah, think they're totally. annoying. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that was cool. That is cool. Um, there was a lot of things like that, too, with the show where she, like, would just force things to be her way, but... That's why I like her so much. Yeah. Um, I could go through the rest of this list if you want. Yeah, go since ahead. I started it. Um, the show was originally called Life and Stuff, and Roseanne was like, no, I'm the lead character. We're going to call it Roseanne. <laughs> and honestly, Roseanne is a much better title than Life, Life and, and Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, that's stupid. It's really That's stupid. a really bad name. Yeah. So, good call, Roseanne. And then... Um, <laughs> Like, Bill Cosby called his show The Cosby, Cosby show, show when the family's name wasn't even Cosby. Yeah, it was exactly. Huxtable. So, Bill Cosby can do it. So Roseanne Barr can do it. Not that you want to aspire to be Bill Cosby. No. With what we know about him today, but you know what I mean. Um, and then the show's exterior shots of, like, the, the town and the house um, were in Evansville, Indiana, not Illinois. But um, And then Macaulay Culkin had originally auditioned for the role of DJ. <laughs> and multiple other people um, also auditioned, and Roseanne wanted specifically Michael Fishman because she said he wasn't like all the other little Hollywood bastards. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And she called him her little Russian boy. That's why she Aww. liked him. Yeah, I know. He also um, kind of looks like her. Yeah, he does. Totally. <laughs> um, Lori Metcalf, a.k.a. Jackie and Roseanne, both won Emmys. This is what I was talking about yeah. before, um, but the show never did. Um, 
And then I already said that one. Um, and then all three of Roseanne's ex-husbands were featured on the show. And then um, this one's just really funny because the other two shows that they mention here, I watched too and remember these episodes and I actually really enjoyed them. But um, ABC required the Connors to visit Disney World um, when they did a merger between ABC and Disney. And they did that with all their shows. So that also happened on well, Boy yeah. Meets World and Step by Step oh my God, and Full yeah. House. <laughs> They all went to Disney. <laughs> they all went to Disney. I Think love about the Full that. House. The Full House. They go Disney to Disney one. multiple times on Full House. They go to Disneyland and they go to Disney World at different points. <laughs> but I, I think that they went to Disneyland first because they live in California, so yeah, it made sense. sense naturally for them to write it. I'm trying to remember. And then I think after ones. ABC, so or the they, one where DJ sees Steve everywhere. That's Disney World. Okay. So, but they go to Disneyland earlier in the show. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't remember. You might be right. But they that definitely do. But then they go to Disney World later, which makes sense that they then had to write that when ABC did the merger and forced yeah. them to go to Disney World. <laughs> um, but I thought that, that was really that's funny. Funny. Yeah, that's all I have for I things. Love Disney World episodes. I know, me too. That, that, that made me laugh because I was like, I remember the Dis- the Disney episode of you know all what? of we those shows. We should do a crossover of the two podcasts. My Disney podcast. And we'll and talk the about the episodes of each show that does a Disney episode. <gasps> that's such a good idea. It's perfect. We have to. <laughs> we should definitely do okay. that. That's a really <laughs> good idea. That. That's a really, really good idea. <laughs> I, want, I need to see if Meredith ever watched any of those shows. Then she will just make her watch those episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she needs sure to at least, least watch the Boy Meets World one. Yeah, totally. Everyone's seen Full yeah. House. I mean, I know she she's She might not watch Step by Step because she is pretty young. Probably hasn't seen Step by Step because that, yeah. that stopped airing when we were young. When we were pretty yeah, young but we stuff. watched it on reruns for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but I think even the reruns stopped when we were pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she has. Maybe she has. I'll yeah. ask her. Um, she also didn't watch TV as much as us as a kid, you know, because she yeah. had real parents. <laughs> <laughs> she was raised by raised TV. Raised by TV. Oh, oh. Oh, we said the name of the podcast oh, on no. the podcast. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, oh, do you have anything else? Um, I just have a few. I wrote down a few episodes that were, I thought were cool, like mm-hmm. that I liked. I remember the one where they, uh, it's called A Stash from the Past. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Season six, episode four, where Roseanne, Dan, and Jackie get stoned in the bathroom. They find the weed that was actually Roseanne's when she was a kid, but she thought it was Dave's when she found it and yelled at him. And then remembers that it was actually hers. And then they smoke it, But then, like, something (laughs) happens in the end, and they, like, freak out. I don't remember. I forget what happens. But yeah. That was like, that's like a memorable episode. I just remember them all like in the bathroom stoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <That's> so good. <laughs> um, then the, this one, this is an episode that kind of like played with like gender roles and stuff, mm-hmm. which was really good. When it's Roseanne called dressed up as a. Well, first DJ wants, it's Halloween and DJ wants to dress up as a witch. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. Dan was as like, no, which mm-hmm. is her for, that's for girls. That's a girl thing. Yeah, and, like, totally. That's originally what he says. Mm-hmm. But then like in the end they do let him and like then, yeah. And then Roseanne is in the bar with, with Jackie, I think. And she's yeah. dressed up like, she's a, dressed lumberjack. Up like a lumberjack. Yeah. And, and then so like she gets a glimpse of like. She what hears guys what guys say when girls are about Jackie, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, and then in the end, Dan like kisses Roseanne dressed as a man. Yeah. So like it kind of like throws back to what he said about gender right. before with DJ. Totally. So it's kind of he like, like learned. He kind of yeah, like learned. totally. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah, that's totally. So ahead of its time. Absolutely, that's like, amazing. I know because that's who Roseanne was. Yeah. I remember there was an episode too where they like I think they like picked up a hitchhiker or something and she put music on and it was like Bikini Kill and <laughs> and Roseanne was like so excited about this like feminist angry chick yeah. anthem raw. Yeah. And like she like tells Dan about it and like she like becomes this like <laughs> feminist music. A girl, and that was like before so I even good. knew anything about feminism, too. And I always thought that, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, Roseanne's awesome. Yeah. I know. Um, the only the other episode I wrote down was Terms of Estrangement, season five, uh, episodes one and two. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down, I thought this that's was like when a sweet Becky little... and Mark get married, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it some this article wrote a sweet little thing about it, and I wanted to read oh, it. Oh, yeah, I just thought it was good. Um where is it? Baron on it. Okay, Burn. so yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just going to start singing. Um, 
Um, Dan, so it's when Dan's bike shop is going out of business. Roseanne has lost her waitress, waitressing job. Mm-hmm. Wait, Wait can I say job? that word? <laughs> waitressing job. Um, so that plays mm-hmm. into what we were saying before. Like, they're this, yeah. you know, they're just nothing stable. Nothing's right. permanent. He tried to start his own business. And, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and Becky has run off and eloped with her boyfriend, Mark. These two episodes representing the cataclysmic fulcrum that the overall narrative of the entire series rested on show the family at its lowest point, but also demonstrates their innate resilience and good humor that allows them to carry on and gives the show its ultimate sense of hope. Mm-hmm. Even in the face of a recession, it is also it also is evidence of why John Goodman's Dan Connor, who is who in these episodes is forced to recognize his failures as a father and caretaker is probably the most realistic, complex, and heartfelt example of a struggling husband and father ever put on mm-hmm. television. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, and then he can't even, like, say, real. Like, protect he, his daughter from going out and marrying some and fucking marriage, loser and then just, moving into a trailer yeah. and... Yeah, <laughs> which is also so another another much more realistic depiction of when young people get married, like, on a whim than, like, say, One Tree Hill, for example, yeah. when you're able to get married and just live in an apartment, yeah, and then exactly. when you can't afford the apartment anymore, you're just able to move into your mom's mansion, yeah. and nobody lives there anymore, yeah, and, exactly. like, you know, like... Exactly. Like, like they had to move in They had to get to a this. trailer... And like yeah. live in a trailer oh, park, that's right? Like in their backyard. No, was they that, no, they found that was they a different they show. bought a trailer park. They are a trailer show, in a trailer park. What show did somebody live in a trailer in their somebody else's backyard? Um, that was the one where David Spade lived in the RV in the park in the driveway. No, <laughs> this is something else. This is like what was that show? This is like Eight an old, old show. This is like an older show from like the seventies. I'm thinking of. I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck, I have no idea. But isn't that a th- isn't that a thing though? I think that was Eight Simple Rules, and David Spade was like their uncle, yes. and he he lived in his RV in their driveway. Or that something. was a thing. But I'm also yeah. thinking of another <laughs> show like from the '70s, but I can't. That think was of a it. great show too. I forgot and about they, that. And and uh, what's his name? John Ritter is the dad, and he actually I just watched died. the episode that he was on a, in Buffy. Really? Oh, Do you remember? Yeah, he's the robot. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> so creepy. But when he really died in real life, they had to deal with that on the show, and That's it was so, so sad. sad. And what's her name? Was the mom? Yeah, the one from um, she's on Sons of Anarchy. She's in everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. She's in. Think um, of her name. Uh, married with children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, everybody listening knows who we're you talking know. about. I <laughs> and hope. I think she did the voice of Leela. Yeah, Futurama. she did on Futurama. Yeah, yeah she's like super, she's, super famous. What's her name? Scott, what's her name? Katie, yeah, something like that. I have no idea. We should, we could. I thought he was going to start saying it and I would know. And as soon as he said that, I had no idea. Um, I'm going to look it up. Somebody's like screaming this at their phone right now. Like, I hate you people so much. Can you look it up? Um, Anyway. Anyway. Case it all. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. All right. right, We got it. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah. Um. So really, all I uh, all I had, I wanted to talk about. So the last season of the show, yeah, uh, lost a lot of ratings. Mm-hmm. For, it used to be one of like the really high shows. Yeah. So, um, so what happened in the in the last season was they won the lottery. Right. Uh, they won one hundred eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So like, what what took you know what we said before the pillars of the right. of the show were money and mm-hmm. family. Exactly. Took that away. Yeah. Totally. And then Dan has an affair. Mm hmm. Family took yep. that away. Yep. So that's why Roseanne made the ending what she did. Right. Because and it, it really it, worked. Yeah. It really did. Because just thinking about that episode, like when I first saw it for the very first time, like really like hit me hard. Yeah. And then going back and reading what she says yeah. at the end, like just reading the paragraph, I was crying hysterically. I had to yeah. stop reading it. Like, I, I couldn't see anymore. I was crying. <laughs> so, like, the fact that she was able to do that and, like, make the ending so emotional that it really, like, mm-hmm. glues the whole rest of it together when you think back on the show. It, like, that's just yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Amazing And it kind of just erased, like, the weird stuff that had happened in the exactly. last that, like, that took away from the show. Right, totally. It really did. It, so. it completely erased it. Mm-hmm. In a way that was really powerful. So. Yeah. Really powerful. I can't. Do you want to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. Do you want to read it? I, I can read it if you want, or you can read it. I think I have it. I'll pull it up. I'll read it. Okay, I found it. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so here it is. Roseanne's final monologue. 
My mom came from a generation where women were supposed to be submissive about everything. I never bought into that, and I wish mom hadn't either. I wish she had made different choices, so I think that's why I made her gay. I wanted her to have some sense of herself as a woman. Oh, yeah, and she's nuts. My sister in real life, unlike my mother, is gay. She always told me she was gay, but for some reason I always pictured her with a man. She's been my rock, and I would have... I would not have made it this far without her. I guess Nancy's kind of my hero, too, because she got out of a a terrible marriage and found a great spiritual strength. I don't know what happened to that husband of hers, but in my book, I sent him into outer space. When Becky brought David home a few years ago, I thought, this is wrong. He was much more Darlene's type. When Darlene met Mark, I thought he went better with Becky. I guess I was wrong, but I still think they'd be more compatible the other way around. So in my writing, I did what any good mother would do. I fixed it. I lost Dan last year when he had his his heart attack. He's still the first thing I think about when I wake up and the last thing I think about before I go to sleep. I miss him. Dan and I always felt that it was our responsibility as parents to improve the lives of our children by 50% over our own. And we did. We didn't hit our children as we were hit. We didn't demand their unquestioning silence. And we didn't teach our daughters to sacrifice more than our sons. As a modern wife, I walked a tightrope between tradition and progress, and usually I failed. By one outsider's standards or another's, but I figured out that neither winning nor losing count for a woman the way they do for men. We women are the ones who transform everything we touch, and nothing on earth is higher than that. My writing is really what got me through the last year after Dan died. I mean, at first I felt so betrayed as if he had left me for another woman. When you're a blue-collar woman and your husband dies, it takes away your whole sense of security. So I began writing about having all the money in the world, and I imagined myself going to spas and swanky New York parties, and just like the people on TV where nobody has any real problems and everything's solved within 30 minutes. I tried to imagine myself as Mary Richards, uh, Jeannie, that girl, but I was so angry. I was more like a female Steven Seagal wanting to fight the whole world. For a while, I lost myself in food and depression so deep that I couldn't even get out of bed till I saw that my family needed me to pull through so that they could pull through. <laughs> One day, I actually imagined being with another man, but then I felt so guilty I had to pretend it was for some altruistic reason. And then Darlene had the baby, and it almost died. I snapped out of the morning immediately, and all of my life energy turned into choosing life. In choosing life, I realized that my dreams of being a writer wouldn't just come true. I had to do the work. And as I wrote about my life, I relived it. And whatever I didn't like, I rearranged. I made a commitment to finish my story, even if I had to write in the basement in the middle of the night while everyone else was asleep. But the more I wrote, the more I understood myself and why I had made the choices I made. And that was the real jackpot. I learned that dreams don't work out without action. I learned that no one could stop me but me. I learned that love is stronger than hate. And most important, I learned that God does exist. He or she is right inside you, underneath the pain, the sorrow, and the shame. I think I'll be a lot better now that this book is done. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I told you I'd bring it down real low. (laughs) I I know. (laughs) I know, and that's what I mean, like... You know, you you write one bad season and you and then you write that. Yeah. Just that one monologue. They didn't even have to have an episode. Like, <laughs> you're know. done. You fixed it. That's I don't know how amazing. Do a revival with Dan then. Um, I just hope maybe it'd be like another one of her books. Yeah, or maybe they'll just pretend that that didn't happen, or they'll like just make like a funny little sitcom, like yeah, one yeah. season kind of thing that just yeah. like cute and light and fun. I don't know. I feel like I these re- revivals aren't really ruining the show. No, I feel like so it's, much later, so it doesn't really. Also, I feel like the revivals are more just about like having fun and being nostalgic, yeah. and not about making a quality TV yeah. show. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's more just kind of like all the actors that did it still love each other and love the show and want to like come back for a second, you know, like, like go on vacation to their show, you know? There is something about the 2018 revival on the Wikipedia page. Oh, cool. So I could read that. Yeah, yeah, read that. So, okay, on April 28th, 2017, television trade publications reported an eight-episode revival of the series being shopped to multiple networks, including ABC and Netflix. Hopefully it's Netflix. Uh, Barr, Goodman, and Gilbert were, I don't know, I guess he was one of the writers. Gilbert, were um, attached to reprise their roles while Metcalf was considered likely... Sarah Gilbert. Oh, Darlene. Got it. (laughs) Um, 
uh, where was I? While Metcalf was considered likely to return, Galecki is also expected to return in some capacity. It was David. Cool. Because he's on that other show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barr, Tom Warner, Bruce Helford will produce a series alongside Gilbert, who will serve as an executive producer. That's cool. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. While Helford and Whitney Cummings will be handling day-to-day. Whitney Cummings? Who's that? She's a comedian. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. We'll be handling day-to-day oversight of the show. That's awesome. In May 2017, it was announced the series was greenlit and would air on ABC mid-season in 2018. Matt Catfishman, Garrison, and Chalk, both Beckys. They'll probably make a joke out of it. Yeah, we're all announced to return. Chalk, who played the character Becky in later seasons, will appear in a different role. Um, oh, okay. That's funny. And they'll probably joke, like, they'll probably make, like, meta comments yeah. about her being <laughs> Becky. You, Becky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they'll be like, hi, Becky. Oh, wait, you're not Becky. You know, something like that. That's awesome. I can't wait <laughs> I for that. that. Um, yeah, oh, my God. I'm, I'm sad it's on ABC, because we won't be able to watch it. I'm, kind of, put I'm kind of happy that it's on ABC, though. It's like the network that created it that's wants true. to bring it back. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's true. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool, because that's, that's not usually what's been happening no. with these revivals. No, usually it's, like, someone with deep pockets who, like, has affiliation with Netflix, like, is like, let's do it. Yeah. But, like, this is, like, ABC, the network, believed in the show and wants to bring it back. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, 20 years later. That's awesome. I know. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I have one more little weird fact. Okay. Thing. That yeah. is a thing that exists in the world. Okay. <laughs> it's called... T-shirts? It's a blog. It's a blog. Oh, called that's different. Hipsters who dress like Jackie. <laughs> Tumblr.com. <laughs> she did wear like grandpa sweaters and stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, if you want to check it out, it's hipsters who dress like Jackie.tumblr.com. I will show it to you right oh now. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I definitely need to see it. Oh yes. my god, it's so good. Maybe we Let's can like tweet out a link to this blog or something. Yeah. We all post it. Yeah, post it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll post a picture of something on. Yeah. That's Roseanne. Oh, my God. That looks just like Jackie. It's not loading. (laughs) I got to pump. Oh, wait. Here we go. Oh, my God. It's the same print. There was. It's not loading. (laughs) All right. Well, it's it's really good later. They can't see it anyway, so this is boring for them. It's so funny. Yeah. That's a guy. Oh, my gosh. But it's like Man buns dressed like Jackie. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, We do have... Scott has some fan fiction if we want to read it. Do you want to do that real quick? Scott, do you want to read the fan fiction or no? Fan fiction? shouldn't take too long. Fan fic? All right. I'm going to pause this real quick. It's a real short fan So, we have a special treat, and it's Mr. Scott... Mr. That's Scott. What, that's what we're going to call him on the, on the Professor Scott. Professor Scott. Oh, yeah, Professor <laughs> Scott. To read some of his... Uh, he's, or, like, he's like a librarian for fan fiction. He's like Giles. Yeah, he's like he's Giles. He's the watcher. You were talking about this. Yeah. He's the reader. <laughs> he's not the watcher. He's the reader. It's like yeah, the watcher, the but readers. he reads. Exactly. Yeah. He's the <laughs> yeah. right. So he's going to read some excellent fan fiction. I don't know if it's excellent. I haven't read it yet. Oh, no. It, this, so surprise to, start, surprise start to you, it's a surprise, surprise to us. us. If it's bad, we'll just delete it. Yeah. But it is Buffy the Vampire Slayer plus Roseanne crossover. <laughs> and it's called uh, National Cherry's Jubilee Day. Oh, my God. What? By M. Mooch. M. Mooch. Yeah. Um, it is part of the 2012 Live Journal's Twisted Shorts August Fick a Day series. Cool. A classic, really. Classic. Live so, Journal. So, um, I'm just gonna go with this and see go how it turns it. out. This is not live, so. Rod Bell's Department Store, Snack Counter, September 24th. Buffy slipped away from her mom and aunt to do a little shopping by herself, but took a break when her stomach threatened to chew its way to freedom and food. She stopped short when she walked into the almost deserted diner and saw, of all things, a vampire licking red juices off his lips and chin. Why did this have to happen on her vacation? It didn't occur to her that the waitress at the other counter was upset by the apparent death of her coworker, wherever that person was. Actually, the waitress didn't seem to even notice Buffy's entrance. Wow, if she had been that lazy during her summer in L.A., she would have been fired the first day. Apparently, this Roseanne woman had better luck with her boss. Stalking over to the vamp, she pulled out her steak and shook it at him. Hissing quietly, so she didn't get the waitress's attention, Buffy said, Listen, you bl- blood-sucking leech. 
She wasn't able to even finish her threat before the vampire started whining. Don't say that word. It makes me sick. Huh? What are you talking about? She asked. That B word. I'm scared of it, he explained. B word? Blood? A vampire who's scared of blood? Before she could even deal with that weirdness, he cried out again, Ah! Fangs! And started whimpering at the point of teeth in his mouth. (laughs) That finally got the waitress to look over. She moseyed over and started to comfort the vampire. There, there, David. Just relax, and the bad old fangs will go away. (laughs) Buffy could feel a headache coming on. You do know he's a vampire, right? She asked Roseanne. No, I just thought he had really bad dental work. The woman snarked. <laughs> so does he drink animal blood or something? Picture her saying that. Buffy asked, ignoring the cry of distress for her use of the B word again. She had to know word. if he was a danger to people or not. No, he takes vitamins and minerals to get what he needs, Roseanne said. We also figured out that he needed to drink something red, something mystical about it, or I don't know. Since today's Cherry's Jubilee Day... He had a bowl and drank some of the liquefied filling to go with it. Other days he has tomato juice, or raspberry sauce, or that sort of thing. That's how it works on Adventure Time. Really? Marceline just needs to drink red. She doesn't need to drink blood. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay. This was high on her weirdo-meter, but Buffy just had to know one more thing. Just to be sure. He isn't a danger to humans, then? Roseanne snorted. Only our sanity. I'm not sure what normal vampires are like, but I doubt they're scared of... David, plug your ears for a second and hum. Blood, darkness, violence, biting, fangs, a bunch of other things. At least we're pretty sure that he can't get our daughter pregnant anymore. <laughs> Stay fit. Don't be sure how to get in his Okay, but you know how to kill him if he ever goes, grr, right? Wooden stake to the heart, sunlight, beheading, or I'll just lock him up with my mother for a day and he'll kill himself. <laughs> Semi-seriously. The end. <laughs> That was so good. Oh my god. This is great. Uh, Where can we find that fan fiction again? Um, uh, The URL's kind of long. It's it's, uh, fanfiction.net and just search um, August 23rd, 2012 or National Cherries Jubilee Day. Can you, like, somehow send me a link to that so I can post that? Oh, yeah, no, I totally can. Okay, cool. We'll post a link to that in case you want to read that or read anything else that this person made. I'm not sure if they've made anything else. Um, But that was probably the best man fiction I've ever heard because it was nice and quick. It was funny. They've made 283 stories. Oh, wow. Oh, perfect. We will definitely tweet out this link. A lot of Buffy and a lot of Buffy. That's awesome. Buffy and Law and Order of Cross and Buffy and everything. Buffy and Harry Potter, Buffy and NCIS. Okay, so we'll definitely read another <laughs> one of their fan fictions when we do our Buffy episode. If we have time. We might yeah, not have time for fan fiction. Buffy might have to be a two-part. Buffy yeah, Buffy might be. Two-part episode. We, we might have to do, like, one with our special guest yeah. and, like, one with just us. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it works. Um, but, yeah, so that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in to RBTV. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RBTV Podcast. Right? Yeah, at RBTV Podcast. <laughs> Twitter at the same handle, at RBTV Podcast. Yeah, email us at rbtvpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, let us know if you have any uh, questions for us, comments, if you um, want to send us like a list of your favorite shows or like one specific show to talk about um, or anything like that, you can do that. Have we we did, gotten an email? No. We did our episode today because the lovely and fabulous Will Pender suggested we do Roseanne, so we definitely to- take listener requests not that will is just a listener he is also just a wonderful human being yeah. but I'm sure the rest of you are wonderful human beings as well so we'd love to hear from you yeah um that's it also don't forget to rate review and subscribe yes please, please. rate review and subscribe reviews on iTunes, are on Stitcher, really important on whatever just those two i think well soundcloud yeah. um also I'll, my other podcast Disney Girls Podcast, if you want to listen to that. Um, we talk about Disney World things. We did a collaboration with um, a listener who, I didn't even tell you this, she, um, she her Instagram handle is Second Starco. She has a shop. She, like, sells, like, Disney-related things, so really cool. cute stuff. Her Instagram's really cute. Um, she's putting together, like, a prize package for us to give away to a winner. Uh-huh. So we, we, um, we gave a trivia question and our episode this week so whoever gets it right and sends it to our our instagram direct message um it's not the first person we're gonna pick a random winner of all the people who get it right um and they'll win a package of a bunch of really cool stuff that she put together i I don't remember what it is but 
we're gonna um, Instagram a picture of like the the basket tonight, so you'll see that. Awesome. Um, yeah, so if you listen to our podcast there, you can get that trivia question. Um, our Twitter for that is Diz Girls Podcast. Instagram is Disney Girls Podcast, and our email is Disney Girls Podcast at gmail.com. Um, so that's it. That's all I got. That's all I've got. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you listen to us again. Have please, a lovely please, day. Yeah. Please come back. Y'all come back now. Y'all come back now. That's wor- That's almost worse than peace out or whatever yeah. I said last <laughs> In my face. <laughs> peace out, home dogs. Okay. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>